Oh, Sonic. What did you think of Sonic? I enjoyed it. I, I think we both liked Sonic. I, I, uh, a pre- okay. She, she's giving me the like. Yeah. Eh, eh. <laughs> um, I appreciated that. I thought that there, there wasn't a whole lot that they just relied on. Um, oh, look at that mannerism from the game. Look at that reference point in a background from the game. Look at right. what, it was just. I mean, you had to know, like, the basic idea of what he is, where he came from. He's a video game character. He's yeah. not from our dimension, you know, and if you can just buy that and now you have a, you know, funny buddy comedy kind of thing, then okay. And peak Jim Carrey. Do, do not forget peak Jim Carrey. You're, you're, you were on point with that <laughs> very much. Like, I actually would have, I found myself wanting him to go further. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, it, it was, it was yeah, it was good, and I'm like, oh come on, Jim, you're like a six. You're like a, you're 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 like not you're like a Jim, not even a Jim Carrey six. <laughs> you know, you're like a regular kind of goofyish comedian, physical comedian, maybe like four. I want a Jim Carrey eight. Come on. I mean, I'm hoping in the sequel because he goes nuts at the end of that movie. So mm-hmm. that's got to be like he's just saving it for the sequel. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is a guest, still has no name, Josh Zorch. I am the bumble to your bee, Brian. <laughs> I was going to try to bring it back around, so I'm glad you still use that. <laughs> I didn't know if we'd get there, so I, I partially stole it, but was hoping, like, <laughs> well, I, I would hate for it to go to waste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're still kind of hunting for a nickname for you, so we'll we'll try to... Get creative every week if we can. I like it. See what we come up with. Um, all right, so we're we're just the two of us. We're we're flying a little bit solo, mm-hmm. or the the duo. We got the duo here for. We're doing another. Never seen that. Uh, we got that lined up. So if you are unfamiliar with this, I guess theme of episodes. Uh, basically, we just kind of find a movie that someone hasn't seen, something that at least you know one of us tries to deem something they should have seen, and we usually start by talking about what they know going in. We'll take a break to watch the movie, and then we'll talk about their thoughts after the movie. Uh, so for this one, I, I guess it's I, I see it less as an essential movie and more of just trying to redeem a franchise for Josh. Um, That's fair. If you've if you've listened to the show before, you've heard Josh's distaste for the Transformers franchise. Um, and this is again at Josh's suggestion. Uh, we're going to watch Bumblebee. The, j- just like our notes from a few weeks ago. Uh, when we picked up the Fast and Furious movies again, uh, this is this is what quarantine is doing to me. <laughs> I think my I think my paraphrasing my message to Brian the other day was, I I I crave socialization. I will even watch Bumblebee. Yeah, something along the lines of social <laughs> interaction or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Um. All right. So, sort of kicking us off, I, and just to sort of refresh, I guess for people listening and haven't heard you rant about transformers <laughs> before but i guess what is it sort of about the franchise that has has turned you off from it well i will say i saw the first transformers in theaters 
and well, I, I don't know since then that was what 2007 so I've probably seen it three or four times it started an aspect in that movie carried through to the next two that I eventually saw at some point over the next years that just drove me bonkers which overwhelmingly is anytime something moves in those movies you can't tell what is moving you, you unless unless a whole thing is moving without changing one aspect of itself you can't your your eyes just can't translate that to your brain yeah um the first one i honestly i, I, I taking that specific detail away from the first one i didn't i still don't think the first one is that bad of a movie i think it's actually pretty entertaining um, yeah i think that that sort of story holds up you know a, a kid in his car type of story yeah and you get you know a, a lot of the humor of him being a teenager and interacting with his parents and you know interacting with the girl and, and all that yeah yeah and then okay you throw in like the sci-fi threat and the space threat and all the lore to it and okay that's that's cool that's fine um i did not see either of the next two in theaters i forget how i eventually saw the second was this was the second one dark of the moon second one was Was uh, revenge Revenge of the fallen revenge okay whatever point i saw that because i think that was two two years later so i i know i didn't see it when it came out it was probably a year or two after it came out and by the point like 15 minutes into the movie where uh shia's mom is running around campus on move-in day high off edibles yeah for no reason (laughs) and even what she does and like it just i was out like i finished the movie but like there was nothing about it that i that is the only thing i remember yeah that literally i don't know if i could tell you another detail um i think that's also is that also the one that megan fox that was the first one she was not in or i don't even remember that she was, was she was in the first two she, two she okay. did not See, come back for three i did not even remember that part yeah um so at that point i didn't really have much of an interest in them anymore so then like another two years goes by and number three comes out uh i didn't see that for i want to say three or four years afterward the only reason we i ever watched it once was because we hosted a movie in the backyard night at our old house and we bought the riff tracks version to oh, so wait, that was a, i don't know if i remember that like i remember having that viewing mm-hmm. i think i assumed you had seen the movie at least once before that and then got the riff tracks just as an excuse to have a more or less have a reason to sit down uh-huh. and watch it i guess just a, a way to make it tolerable gotcha yeah i don't think i knew that was the first time you've seen the movie yeah and that that was <laughs> the first and only um and then you know and again like another two years goes by or whatever however long it took and for no explicable reason in the trailers there was to someone who Marky really Mark. wasn't paying attention very much, it did not seem like a continuing storyline was obviously apparent between three and four and four and five. Like I could not just yeah. follow a thread by watching general previews. So there's nothing about it that really wanted to hook me in. And then by was it number four is the first time that Wahlberg shows up. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh yeah, there was actually 
robot dinosaurs. I'm like, no, there wasn't. I'm, I'm, there's no way this is happening. Um, so I was well out by four, five. I think five came out. Might have been when we were working at the theater. I don't remember what year that was. So within the last couple of years, four, three or four years, I think. If it was, if it was 2017, we were there. I forget what year that was. Um, but then Bubble and B was happening, and I knew, like, all right, I don't have any interest. I was actually kind of bummed that Haley Steinfeld agreed to do it. <laughs> but then you guys came back. I think you know, I think probably like you and Eric or Romano. Um, and said, "Hey, you know what? That actually wasn't that bad." And you've you've been you've been defending it ever since then. So about a year and a half, you've been saying, "Look, I I know we've <laughs> we have given our money to those other chapters, but legitimately, this one's not that bad." Um, yeah, un- unlike you, I have seen all of the Transformers movies in theaters. How do you feel? About I that? know what I'm going in for. <laughs> I still pay the money. Uh, the I, I mean, I remember liking the first, like, the, the trilogy when it came out. I don't think I realized until, like, repeat viewings that I just get bored with them. Okay. I'm I'm with you. I think the first one can hold up. On its own, I think it's a good movie. The other two after that just get so bloated with Michael Bayness <laughs> that it's easy to lose track of what the hell's going on and why. And I also think even... I mean, you picked it up just peripherally from watching trailers, but the, the there's a very loose continuity between the movies, and each one seems to retcon the other okay. of certain things that tie to some sort of origin to the Transformers and Cybertron and their homeworld and stuff like that. It seems like the stories change every movie. Okay. And I don't think this one's any different. I still think it retcons some stuff and changes the continuity again. Uh, so it's... It, it, again, loosely fits inside of of what has happened, but um, Bumblebee is a lot more dialed down than what the big big bombastic Transformers movies have been up until now, which I think helps the movie. Did Bay do all of the first five? Yes, I know he did the first three. Did he? He did all of them. Okay, until yeah. this, he did not do Bumblebee. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's. Not, I was gonna bring that. Up. Yeah, this one is tra- directed by Travis Knight. The only other director credit to Travis Knight prior to this was Kubo and the Two Strings. Really? Yes. For, okay. Admittedly, Which is a fantastic movie. Yeah, admittedly, still haven't seen that, but I've never heard anything but praises for that. Yes. Yeah. And the styles, I mean, that's like a, as I understand it, like that's a... It's it's it, animated it, in some high, but it almost looks like stop motion. Interesting. And I mean, as far as I can tell, I mean, like the the cultural um, foundation from where that seems to come and whatnot, like, like that just seems like a very drastic stylistic jump right? from taking on a project like that to, oh, yeah, we're going to do a Transformers spinoff. And I think that just came from someone eventually listened that we don't need a big bombastic we can't tell what the hell's going on Transformers movie and let's settle it down and try to try to get to know these Transformers and bring some heart back to these movies and I think this movie succeeds in that. Uh, so it was a good cha- definitely a good change of pace from what we had seen prior to this. Hmm. And if it still happens, I didn't realize um, a, a six billion dollar man movie. I did see has, that when I was looking at IMDb. Yeah, yeah. has been. I think like in development hell for years and years, but I guess he's the 
most current person uh, attached. To and I'm pretty sure I heard Travis Knight's name tossed around in the Uncharted director roundtable. Oh, okay. For that video game to movie that I've been waiting for forever. I'm pretty sure his, he was attached to this at some point. He is no longer, but I was excited for him to come into that movie had it happened. Mm, that's a bummer. So it, it, that wasn't just like, oh, a name that got tossed around for consideration. As you understood it, he actually might have been in potential serious talks. And I think he was a, he was attached for a while, but it just keeps getting stuck in development hell and delayed that every time they attach a director, the director leaves. There's <laughs> been six or seven directors attached to this movie. Well, to, to Uncharted. I mean, they don't want to have they don't want to let the Flash have the title forever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been. That's a whole other podcast going through all those directors, which I know I've talked about other times before. <laughs> um, so just sort of going into to Bumblebee. Do you yep. know anything about Bumblebee going in? Where it might fall in the in the Transformers timeline? Anything nope. like that? No. Okay. All that. I mean, when I heard like that they were going to do a spinoff and a standalone centered on that one, I'm like, all right. So that's Shia's car from the first couple. Yeah. I, I don't know how you're going to make an entire story assumingly predominantly around one of them i mean i kind of maybe on paper it kind of makes sense to do something just about optimus prime um or something about um who's the leader of the decepticons megatron megatron um because you could definitely have like a villain led central movie or something but just like this like ancillary character who I, mean, I, I consider him Mancillary as far as he was presented in the movies, right? But uh, no, I don't. I don't really know where he. If if this is supposed to ignore a bunch of the other chapters and it's like completely on its own timeline, if it's, I, I'm assuming that I, if I had to take a guess, um, it it presumes that the first Transformers happened, and okay. and that the world this is not the first time someone will have seen a transformer okay and that potentially it's now already like one of those things of like yeah we knew that happened but those haven't been seen for you know 15 years or people don't really need to worry about them anymore etc and now she stumbles across this one i mean i'm assuming something like that but I'm guessing it's this is not carrying out of like oh yeah Bumblebee was a part of those first five chapters, <laughs> and this is just the next piece of his story. Like it probably diverges somewhere would be my guess. Right. Okay. Well, I think it's about time we take a break, we watch a movie, and we'll come back and talk about how much you were right or wrong in your presumptions. All right. We'll see. Hopefully, this is uh, not just masochistic to myself because of social iso isolation. And there's uh, something that I actually enjoy about this. So fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully Josh hasn't pecked his eye eyeballs out by the end of this movie. <laughs> um, all right. We'll take a break. We will talk to you when we come back. All right. So we are back from concluding Bumblebee. And uh, just before we get into our discussion, I'm going to throw out the spoiler warning just in case. Uh, you know, it gives us free reign to talk about whatever we want after watching the movie. And just in case you haven't seen it yet and don't want spoiled, you can... Pause us now, come back after you've caught up to us, watch the movie, because there will be spoilers to follow. Wee -wee spoiler! Wee -wee spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we are back, and uh, we'll just 
kind of dive in. Um, yeah, let's do it. Now that we've finished, Josh, what did you think? As bad or what? I guess we didn't really see. I guess, I, um, I guess it's safe to assume you assumed this would be better than the other Transformers movies. So did, did, did it meet, fall below, exceed expectations? Uh, exceeded expectations, and yes, I would say much more enjoyable than at least Transformers 2 and 3 that I saw. Okay. Probably on par with the first one, like my memories of the first one. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between this and the first one. Very much. They're both, you know, kid in their car, or kid, in, almost like kid in their dog type of oh, yeah. story. And very well done with the humor and whatnot. Uh, I would say, yes, pleasantly surprised. Okay. Well, that's good. Now, I don't feel like it was pulling teeth to get you to (laughs) sit down and watch a movie, so that's good. No, no. And, I mean, on the one hand, I don't think I, like, necessarily regret not seeing it before. Yeah. But, um, and I I don't know if I would, like, if they continue sequels or they continue this storyline... I can't say I would like jump out of my seat excited or like definitely make it to the theater for it, but you know, uh, uh, expectations have, have been adjusted. That's what I was trying to, I was trying to do a little bit of research before we started to see what was the latest. Cause I thought I heard they were trying to make a sequel to this, mm-hmm. but I also thought I remembered them talking about other transformers proper movies. So I don't know what the hell's going on, but the last thing I saw, I think was that they hired two different writers one to write a Transformers sequel and one to write a Bumblebee sequel. And as of yet, they haven't moved forward on either, I don't think. Well, let's... Okay, so maybe let's use this as our reference point to start to dissect. So this, I I guess I could have... Should have guessed, because this would have been the easiest way to do this. I did not realize this was to be a prequel to all the other stories... Um, it picked up on that in the first, you know, couple of, of scenes and then it just becomes blatantly obvious that's what it is. It's, you know, in, uh, happening in at least like the mid to late 80s. Um, so I guess given that you could actually still do both because there's a lot of time in between, you know, it's about a 20 year time period. If you're if you're assuming that the first movie takes place in 2007, the year it was released in right. life. Yeah then you got about a 20 year time period to play with. But I mean, to your point that you made before in, in the pre-discussion is it's, if they just continually retcon what the previous movies were in order to serve the purpose that they want the current movie to play, then, you know, how much could they really do with additional prequels that, just completely erases everything that is supposed to be in one solid continuity. Right. And for the most part, this kind of leaves off where it should. The only exception is that, like, Bumblebee is there talking to Optimus on Earth, and then you see multiple other objects falling from the sky, which you are assuming could be other Transformers coming to the planet. But if you watch Transformers 1, it's like they're getting there for the first time. So... That doesn't make sense to me. Oh, no, not at all. Um, the f- f- One thing I definitely don't remember, uh, it's easily been seven, eight, nine, ten years since I watched the first Transformers again. Mm-hmm. Um, where, do you recall, where Bumblebee starts in that story? 
Shia LaBeouf obviously comes across him and discovers him in some way. I don't even remember really how that is. If it's like a similar way where he basically gets like a junker car. Yes. I don't remember if he gets it from a relative or same thing. He gets it from like a crappy auto dealer or a junkyard. Um, is the idea that Bumblebee is already there and has been there for quite a while. Yeah. So the whole thing with that story was that the uh, Shia LaBeouf's like grandfather or great great grandfather has like some sort of <clears throat> code or coordinates on his glasses that someone figures right. out they need to get. So it's almost like the Decepticons and the Autobots are trying to find said MacGuffin. And I think Bumblebee okay. must track him down. So he is on a birthday being taken to a car lot to pick out a car. And that's when Bumblebee kind of makes himself available to Shia. But it's not... Okay, so it's not explicitly disclosed, though, that, like, you've been here a long time already. I mean, they he's beat... He's that same Camaro that he is at the end of the movie, just beat up and okay. ragged looking. And I, they're at a like a used car crappy lot. Um, All right. So, so walk me back one more step. So I, I forgot about the glasses. So now I kind of remember that. So don't they give some backstory about like Shia LaBeouf's grandfather was like some like Arctic researcher. Yeah. Or some kind of thing. And so he like stumbled across of, I think he stumbled across Megatron. Yeah. So the Decepticons are looking for Megatron, which the coordinates for the glasses lead them to Megatron. Okay. So I don't know so, if maybe Bumblebee is there. I'm trying to remember now, too. Bumblebee might have been there to try to protect Shia from the Decepticons trying to get the coordinates. So he was sent to him sort of more like a protector, and he just made himself a car there because he uh -huh. was looking for a car. Okay. So it, all right, so it loosely might be able to line up if you aren't even the least bit strict. Right, but it's definitely, like... Every other Transformer other than Bumblebee shows up in that movie and then makes it a point to scan a new object and become said car. But in this movie, they're already cars and they're already here, apparently. So where the <laughs> fuck did they go after that? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, as we're about halfway through Bumblebee and I realized, um, I mean, I, I was never even in like uh, reruns or anything as, as, a, as a small kid. Um, I was never hooked into the Transformers IP. Um, just the, I don't know if Eric like, Romano are just weeping right now. I I know I know. <laughs> um, it's just like I don't. Know, it wasn't like a part of our household. Um, nobody like my my older brother wasn't like a big fan. Like it just I wasn't given the exposure, and and no one really cared about it. So yeah. it just wasn't a, a thing for us. I mean, we were kind of like the right age. It just wasn't when it hit us. Um. So, as as I'm watching this, it occurred to me that I, I part of me wants to say this would have been a really good introductory movie. Oh, for sure for the Transformers. Yeah, but it, I I think if I, if you knew that the Transformers were this much bigger thing, this would have seemed so empty, and so narrowly focused that you're like well wait where's this huge massive universe of things that i know about so well, i think I don't that's why they open the movie the way they well. do sure like you are uh, on the battle of cybertron at the beginning of the, the opening of the movie to sort of set the stage for what this could be yeah I, I i think like real fans would not have been very happy with this if this was the first 
Transformers movie to the scale in the modern era that was ever made. Yeah. Um, and so to that extent, like finding a middle ground between those two points, I almost thought if this had nothing to do with Transformers and I don't know, maybe like Transformers movies were never made. I don't know if there's some kind of like alternate history where someone just had this idea of like some kind of like alien cars, alien tech, um, life forms it almost plays well in my for me it played well not thinking about it as part of a bigger thing yeah i could i could see that i mean it's all i think one of the things they run into too is for transformers movies and i feel like people go into it wanting to see the transformers i don't feel like people give two shits about the human characters i mean they do a good job of making you care for them like I think the first Transformers movie did a better job. This movie does a very good job of caring for the human characters. But if you want those action-packed Transformers movies, I feel like they're better off if you don't have human characters in it. But those are expensive movies that I don't think anyone's going to want to make. <laughs> um, do Do you know? Like, are you deep enough into the older like Transformers lore and series and whatnot to know? Like, does do the majority of those stories take place on Earth? Is that where that is all happening? Yeah, I'm not as deep as, like, Eric and Romano. I, the only thing I kind of know about this one is that they, they rolled back some of the designs for the characters. Like, Optimus is, like, his older, like, 80s animated series Optimus design instead of the reformed, revamped Optimus that Michael Bay made for the movie. Mm-hmm. So they, they went back to some of the 80s characters' designs for this movie, which I think, you know, Transformers fans enjoyed and, and picked out and... and uh, like the references there and was more classic Transformers, I guess, for them as opposed to making everything stylized and with flames on the side like Optimus was in the first Transformers movie. Huh. So that's interesting. Let me jump off on there for a moment because whatever that choice was, like for whatever reason, one thing I was definitely going to call out in this is that the CGI is not anywhere near as jarring and overwhelming to the eyes yes as those other ones are and i don't know if it's just the tech or like the artistic choice that's where i guess because this is 10 years longer like 10 years later than what that first movie was and that could just be a limitation of the tech at the time true and and I, i i remember hearing something around the release of the first movie that they had um you know they had they I heard that they had engineers basically work out how if you started with vehicle X, like real life vehicle X yeah. or, you know, helicopter, truck, whatever you're working with, mechanically, how could you what would the transformation look like? Yes. What how do you take where you're starting, how would things move to end up where they are and right. how would that look? So if they figured out how to do that just from like a mathematical standpoint and and a, and a mechanical engineering standpoint, that is pretty cool. But the look of it was like most of what was great about Bumblebee, and they actually did a good job, a better job with the other two antagonists, I, I think, too. They hid a lot of the machinery. Like the design of Bumblebee, you mainly just see you know the yellow bodywork right if you want to call it that yeah like you just see that that body part that flesh if you will that exoskeleton 
So you're not constantly distracted by all these little moving pieces that make up all the components that are supposed to be something. It's one and of those things. The eyes that felt like that was a lot better. It's one of those things like just because you can do something, you're, you it's not sure if you should do something. Mm-hmm. So I understand That's... like you guys took the time to figure all that stuff out, but does it need to be shown? Like, is that something that Transformers fans are like, well, I got to figure out where the engine goes in this part because that's important to me. Or do you just want the thing to look cool? Yeah, and, and I'll, I will cut them a little slack to say that if they, there there's a chance, knowing human beings, that especially if they had established with the first movie that they just created a series of CGI movements and all of a sudden you had a, 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 a tractor trailer and now you have optimus prime yeah you know the people would have said well that was lazy with the you know the money and technology we have you could have figured out a way to sell that and as reality more etc cetera, etc cetera. right so maybe it was a rock and a hard place at the beginning but maybe a different choice they could have made earlier on or, or even you know gone in movie two or three perhaps like establish one time the first time there's a big transformation show some like cool in-depth thing for 30 to 45 seconds where you are showing me the one like one of them yeah go through all these movements so that i understand that you figured that out but you don't have to do it every single time right yeah and and that when i'm looking at the final product i i can actually tell what the hell i'm looking at as opposed to just a jumble of chrome and metal coming back around to like what the hell you're looking at what do you think of the director change did you notice the difference between this and michael bay oh very much okay very much i mean it, it was like night and day with how much it was reined in what about the fight sequences um at least from me, what you can, again, you can been... remember from past from transformers what? movies yeah probably Probably a little bit toned down, but that also might be playing into the bias I've now developed with, you know, since it's easier to see what is actually happening, and I can register that. Um, you know, if I'm watching Transformers 2, I'm preoccupied with how frustrated I am of the ridiculousness of what I cannot see. Right. That that is playing into my opinion of how unnecessarily complex it was or how over the top i might think it is so there might be a bias built into that well, i think that's but... a fair point is like some of those action sequences especially for the earlier ones they might have got a little bit better for some of the later transformers movies but honestly they all kind of blur together for me mm -hmm. uh, but i remember like the first first one especially i could tell cool stuff was happening but the camera was not settling down enough to tell what was happening and the, the transformers were so big in the frame that sometimes they were that getting cutting off point. of the frame. You couldn't, it was like too close up. You couldn't tell what was happening. This that movie, point. Bumblebee, I think they did a very good job. And maybe this is just, I don't know if this is Knight's approach, like Travis Knight, the director's approach, or if they learned from the other movies to not do that kind of thing. But the camera settles down, it pulls back, it lets you see like longer mm -hmm. shots, not just like cutting quickly for action purposes, but just letting the camera roll and have the fight sequence happen in frame, which is a lot easier to follow. And I think pays off a lot more. Yeah, I, I agree that I, I hadn't realized that was part of what was so jarring about those first few of the series that if you have an object that is so large in scale to what 
you know, what a human being considers to be large. And then you have a lot of like these close up frame shots for, you know, punching each other and things moving and whatnot. It's like, I think it was done for a sense of scale. Like, you yeah. you know, the, the Transformers are so large, so you're shooting from the ground, like, the perspective of a human character. So they're obviously just keep looking up at what's happening above them because these things are so large. But when you're watching a movie, that makes it very hard. You're Like, you're in the thick of things. I get it. They want to put you in the action. But just from a viewer's standpoint, it got really confusing to tell who was hitting who and what the hell's going on. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you can't you can't really achieve it with humans as as easily but even at times when some movies try to do that the same thing happens like think if some movie tried to make you know a a fluid looking fight between more monster like monstrous humanoid creatures like giants or big ogres or something like i i I never saw warcraft but from some of the like trailers or something i i could understand if there were times where they might have suffered you know the same kind of thing if, if they went that route is you have something that is supposed to be so big, you can't make the person feel like they are literally in the middle of the fight and still give a sense of being able to perceive everything. It just doesn't work. And even still, there is one shot near the in the final fight where uh, Charlie Haley's character is running like it's a pan- it's in front of her, just following her as she's running towards the frame, but the camera keeps pulling back. Mm-hmm. And Bumblebee and the other Transformer are fighting behind her, above her. Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see all the shit that's happening. Like, that's a really well-done shot, which I don't think that I can remember, like, that some of that stuff ends up in Michael Bay movies. Yeah. The, the, there there was a refinement that definitely occurred. Like you said, maybe they had, you know, five movies worth of examples to learn from. Or even if they, you know, certain people hadn't. Um, or would not have that this group of people at least had the ideas that like, Hey, maybe this will work better. And I think it, I definitely, I think it came off, uh, as an improvement. I think one of the things I was, when I was trying to research whether or not these movies were getting sequels or whatnot, there was apparently one of the producers has been producing all of them. Okay. Um, I gotta find the name, uh, Lorenzo di Bonaventura. Okay. Um, so he's worked with all the Michael Bay movies and stuff. So he was quoted as saying something along the lines of like, we need to find a, a sort of like you said, a middle ground between what Bumblebee did and what the Transformers movie did. And mm-hmm. I think he was quoted as saying like, try to add a little bit more Bayhem in there because people <laughs> were disappointed with the, the lack of action in Bumblebee. But I, I really think okay. the way it kind of slows down and like when those action sequences happen, I think it, it makes them cooler. Right, and for the scale they were going for, like it would not have made sense if if your focus is this one Autobot. Yeah, it would not it would not have made sense to have so much action happening because then you're either constantly, I guess, fighting the same antagonist or you're piling antagonists on that person, or you want to pile antagonists on, but you realize it's not a balanced fight, so then you introduce more protagonists, which then takes away from the point of having a singular centered character like that. right yeah so by definition it had to be you know like a two-on-one like you know it occurred it wouldn't have made sense otherwise uh so having the single transformer <clears throat> with bumblebee 
Uh, I guess, like, how did you feel about Bumblebee? Was he portrayed well enough? Did you feel for Bumblebee? Did it work? Did they bring you some emotion for some of these Transformers? It did a good job of of finding a backstory for the character that I I think in in especially like the first Transformers or two with with Shia there was. sort of like the cowering nature of Bumblebee. Yeah. Okay. Um always to me felt like you know okay, I mean, like you said like the 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 parallel is to like a child and their dog, yeah. right? Yeah. So and and I guess maybe this is an appropriate parallel then. The first ones always came off to me like all right, Chaya finds him in a junkyard or you know, crappy car lot, whatever. So maybe the parallel was that you're finding a dog at a shelter. Right. You know, but he always came off as sort of like a sad sack, like the abused, you know, previously abused and and cowering dog. Yeah. But I, but to me, there was never a point why. Like I, I had no about this one or the original one, the originals. Okay. So I never had a reason to think, and, and like he definitely, shrank back into that for a good portion of this movie but i guess at least circumstantially here they presented a reasonable explanation as to why that would be yeah the first time he shows up on earth he gets the shit kicked out of him right not only that like he he's escaped he's coming right out literally fleeing a battle shows up somewhere else is pursued has a huge fight is debilitated yeah um so that that made sense they at least worked they provided explanations that were not previously granted that seemed beyond satisfactory to me it didn't like there's some there's i think there's a lot of anytime you're doing prequels or you're doing a flashback episode you're doing anything like that there's ways to come up with a a way to explain why a thing that you're now familiar with happened yeah there are ways that check that box and there are ways that check that box well and this i think came off better might have potentially been able to be strengthened a little bit but went beyond simply checking the box yeah and i'll, I'll give them that the, the one thing i was impressed with i will say i kept going back throughout the course of the movie and looking at the writer and director and especially i kept honing in on the writer wondering like okay if they were moving away from michael bay they're going to a female teenager uh, mechanically car inclined character who handled this how you know whose hands did they put something like that in and so I went back to, to find this out and this person is uh, what's her name Christina Christina Hodson and this is only her third now she's credited as the sole screenwriter um, this is only her third motion picture she previously is the, I think, the sole writer on a movie called Shut In, which okay. was a like mediocre, middle of the road kind of thrillerish uh, movie with um, Naomi Watts and uh, Charlie, is it Charlie Hutton, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things? Okay, Charlie Heaton. Um, and then she did a movie. She wrote a movie called Unforgettable with uh, Catherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson. That was the year afterward. Heard of either of those. So that was 2016 and 2017. And then her next job was this. 
2018 huh. she writes Bumblebee. Now, I think the real standout to me for me is uh, her next project after Bumblebee was Birds of Prey. Oh, I think I did know that actually. So that, that I mean, more more than likely, she got you know she was hired for that job before this came out. Right. But I mean, I think that shows pretty good strength. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as of now, I mean, we joked about it before, but as of now, she is listed as a screenwriter for The Flash. The movie Flash. The movie The Flash. Yeah, okay. So I guess you know Warner Brothers DC maybe liked what she did with Birds of Prey and maybe like, hey, you want to take a stab at The Flash? So she she is, at the moment, listed as the screenwriter, although, as we've said, they've gone through so many writers and directors at yeah. this point, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I would say that her resume so far, um, I, I've seen Shut In. Um, I did not see Unforgettable, but between this and Birds of Prey so far, I'd say pretty strong. Yeah, I think she's definitely someone to keep an eye on then. Because I, I did like Birds of Prey, too. Um, And I, I think that goes to a lot of the create Like, before you even worry about your casting, before you worry about what your promos are going to look like, I think the choice of your background people, your directors, your producers, your writers especially, are, are really the, the people that make the difference. I think even just bringing in a female writer on yeah just to as a good change of pace for whatever michael bay was doing the last couple of movies yeah and i'd have to go back to look at you know those last chapters to see who the writers were on those and what else they had been doing etc yeah i guess that's truth be told i don't actually know if they had a female writer on any of the earlier transformers movies i'm willing to bet they did not but i could be wrong fair um and even though i could look either of us could look that up right now i don't care enough yeah i'm sort of in the um, same boat <laughs> Um, but and then I wonder, you know, was 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 it that writer's idea to center it around, you know, a even though Haley is not anymore, you know, the character is a teenage female. Um, is that the direction the studio wanted to go? Is that the idea that the director pitched? Right. You know, I think whoever whoever's initial idea that was was probably a good choice. It's a good change of pace. You know, let's move some of this out of boy movie realm right with machines and cars and guns and yay 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 um and and then to have a yes a female writer handle writing a predominantly you know main character who's supposed to be like a 17 or 18 year old woman you know young woman then yeah probably a good choice yeah i made a big difference we'll sort of just spin it to like general stuff but i I know you touched about some of it a little bit, but general thoughts of what you liked or didn't like anything stood out to you that we haven't covered yet. Um, I wouldn't say there wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like by the end, especially there really was no need. I don't think to ever have the like caddy Valley girls. Um, yeah. Parts in it. Like it really, to me, if you, I don't know, it, it really didn't serve a purpose. Um, I guess just to give a little bit of that antagonistic, but well, it's a callback to the, to, I think it's set up just for the diving moment of her refusing to jump off the cliff. I think that's the only purpose yeah. they serve. Well, you, you kind of get a glimpse of them earlier at the, like the boardwalk and then you encounter them again later. But even, I mean, even to me, the, the idea, like that whole scene of the, of the diving, like the fact that she didn't want to go cliff diving again and do her. So like, 
I, I think it, I think they explained well enough elsewhere that her life has been altered and broken by the death of her father and yeah. these things of her, you know, childhood and her early teen years are past. I didn't like giving me a scene where she is given the opportunity to go high diving again and doesn't regardless of the circumstances i don't need that you've given me enough elsewhere i almost feel like it's it's one of those things that like it's in there just so you don't forget about it so it might not be essential but if you're if you're just kind of glossed over the the home video portion of it Mm -hmm. and forgot that she was a diver midway through the movie you got to remind everybody again so that when it shows up at the end in the climax you're like oh okay yeah and maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think they, uh, for everything else that they created to get you to the moment to convey that, with like the guy that she spills the drinks on at the boardwalk and this the stupid plastics who give her shit because it's yeah. the eighties and that's what they look like and that's <laughs> what they sound like. Um. Yeah, I just I don't think that was really needed per se. Um, they could have rearranged the equation. But yeah, I get it. Other th- other than that, I I surprisingly i don't think i have a whole lot else that i would immediately call out as you know unnecessary or bloated or well that wasn't even fan service that was this you know stupid thing they were trying like i i what's coming to mind right now is akin to when we were watching bad boys 2 Mm -hmm. and michael bay spent like 15 minutes of the movie paying off some rat sex joke yes and like there's none of that there's nothing that like stood out to me in the movie that just seemed like there there like this literally did not need to be there at all and it just seemed to be there for someone else's enjoyment as opposed to furthering the purpose of the story or the film or anything um, there really wasn't much bloated to this i would say except those little pieces that i called out with the valley girls yeah and it, like the 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 Michael Bayness that sticks out of like the second movie for me is when they're at the pyramids and then there's the transformer climbing the pyramid and there's two wrecking balls where his balls are and then they make a testicle joke or something like that like that why do you need that in a Transformers movie why do you, well why do you need that in any movie really but <laughs> I feel like that's that's Michael Bay and his Bayness yeah yeah exactly um. I'm wondering, I'm starting to think too, like, I feel like the more you're talking about it, the more I'm, I'm, and you can correct me even if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking like, after we're done doing this, I feel like this is, and maybe it's just because I felt like it was sort of like this for me, but it's one of those movies that the more I think about it, and even the more I watch it, I think the more I like it. Okay. So I think I'm just, even the more we're talking, I feel like you might like it more than you think. And I'm just thinking if you like (laughs) simmer on it for a while, you might come back and be like, you know what? I did like that a lot more than I think I did. I, I would say I probably do. I mean, the, I, I am probably subconsciously being hesitant about glowing about it because <laughs> of, you know, past feelings of the franchise. And we will put you on the spot for every future Transformers movie of like, what did Josh think about this one? <laughs> okay. Well, again, it depends if, if it's going to continue from the creators of the the original series and then – I. A, bit, a real big part of the Transformers movies, especially, too, is, like, beyond the type of story that they told in the first one and now in Bumblebee, I don't know if I care. Okay. Fair. I, I don't know if I care about the Transformers and their their trials and tribulations and 
the, the the goals of the bad guys and the what the good guys are trying to protect and what they see as their um, duties and and what they stand for and then even the human people who get involved along the way mm. that's probably been the biggest barrier aside from the people who have been making them is just I don't know if I care about the Transformers. Well, that's, so, I mean, that's why I sort of was asking why you thought about Bumblebee, because I feel like this is one of the first movies that really, out, out of the franchise, makes you sort mm-hmm. of care and give a crap about any of the Transformers. Yeah, granted. And I, I think even a sequel to this, depending if they, if they if they went for a straight sequel to this, depending on what the nature of the conflict is and, and really what the center of things going on are, I would I would be inclined to give a sequel to this a shot if some not necessarily some of the same people are involved in making it but if the absence of other people <laughs> is there i mean i'm actually um, surprised that they're not jumping at a sequel for this movie i think it was very well critically received i think it was successful at the box office for a lower budget than what the last at least two or three transformers movies have done mm-hmm. and to me i feel like that's all the blueprints to be just green light a sequel and yet they haven't done that so i don't know what they're hesitating for yeah, not sure. So I was just I, I, trying I'd be to look at... to give it a chance, but I, I would be, I I think it would be, it would be a heavy lift. They would have a big challenge for me at the end of that next movie to say, yeah, I really gave a crap what happened. Yeah, like I, it, it's I, I I have no investment point. I don't really, I said I just don't really care about them. Yeah. So, but if if they find you know compelling way to do it like they did a better job with this one then sure i'd be uh willing to give it a shot so i was even just trying to look at budgets and stuff to see what the transformers movies have done at least the last couple i didn't go all the way through but um so like the we'll go with the last two with Wahlberg and then mm-hmm. bumblebee so age of extinction which was the f- number four first one okay. with Wahlberg. budget 210 million Worldwide, it ended up at one point one billion. Shit, seriously? Yeah, I knew two or three made a buttload. I did not know that four still did. So five was a budget of two hundred seventeen million. Worldwide ended at six hundred and five million. Oof. So that took a hit, and did not perform. Opening domestic was forty four million. So that did not have a very good opening weekend compared to. 100 million for number four, opening weekend. Number five was the Knights one, right? Yes. The one with, like, Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, I think he showed up in that one. Um, so Bumblebee had a budget of 135 million. So they cut, like, a million, 100 million almost out of the budget. Give or to 80, 80 million. We'll say 80 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening weekend was 21 million. So it already made half of what the last Transformers movie did with $80 million less in the budget. Sure. Ended up worldwide at $467 million, which I think is still okay. pretty respectable considering the budget yeah. and where they were coming off of. Like, It seems like the Transformers movies are on the, decli- on the decline. And for the last you know, big budget Transformers movie to make $605 million and then Bumblebee to make $467, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm still surprised they haven't just said, yes, make us another one. Fit it. Like, who 
at this point, who cares about the continuity? Like you was, I feel like you could successfully <laughs> reboot Transformers with Bumblebee. Just use this as your jumping off point and just start a new path. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So, I don't know. That's just sort of my two cents of where this franchise should go or what they should be doing. But I mean, based on what you've told me about the story continuity through five chapters, I mean, it sounds like they're in X-Men territory at oh, this yeah. point. So, yeah, you're right. If they sort of established something that works, sure, use this as a jumping off point. Just carry on through here. I feel like they want you to just be distracted by, like, look, big Transformer monsters fighting each other. Yay! That's the the gist of those movies. Yeah, I could not that, tell you two shits about what the stories were for any of those movies. No, and and like I said, I so much that I forgot even about the first one. I I, I kid you not, I do not remember a single thing about the third movie. <laughs> I the only things that even remotely stuck with me was that like Shia was like older, so he's in the like he has a he's an adult, so he's like out of college. He has a job, right? He has a new girlfriend and something and then i just remember like the one visual shot of like the snake like robot like eating the building and it falling down yeah that That's was sort it. of like their their uh like battle of new york like yeah. from avengers like the big spectacle event where the city falls with all this shit that's going down yeah other than that i i don't even remember what the movie's about yeah at all um, same thing with number two. Like I said, all I remember is his mom running around campus high, like trying to play frisbee or whatever the hell she was doing. I guarantee you that was studio notes of like, hey, the parents were funny in the first one. Let's like ramp that up to 11 for the next one. Yeah. So I, I, I would guess that in, in a couple years, I would still remember some basic details about this movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a plus. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else that I need to question you on. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on or bring to the no, table. Not necessarily. I think we got most of it out. Uh, whatever they did, I, I, my opinion is that it was an improvement. And if they can figure out a way to keep doing that in some regard, then they might not get my money at the movie theater. But there's a chance. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll like red box it or something i mean i will probably still be the guinea pig i will see these in the theater i will let you know if they're worth taking the time to go see <laughs> i mean hopefully i mean <clears throat> by the time the, any of these hit the theater again at least you know uh the a-list stuff for amc will be working again so technically you can just see mm -hmm. it as part of your subscription if you want to that is true that is uh, true if and and unless uh, yeah i guess the only gamble at that point would be because these are typically like summer spectacle movies right so is there enough other stuff out that we literally don't want to quasi see it for free. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to hold our breath and see what happens for the next, like I said, I'm waiting to see what they, what they announce. If we get any confirmation of where this franchise is going after this movie, whether they are continuing this one, you know, going back to the old timeline, doing something in between who the fuck knows, but <laughs> until we get some concrete confirmation, we're just kind of waiting and seeing right now. Yeah. But all right, well, hey, at least I'm. I, my fear is that like we watch these some of these movies that people haven't seen, and they just come out of it like this was fucking. I just wasted three hours of my life. What the fuck? You like? So I'm glad that at least the last couple, even the Fast <laughs> and Furious movies, you're not just outright hating them. So I said that I will try to. Well, part of it is I will try to find something positive if I can. Well, that's good. I, I if if I don't, I mean, if I just flat out don't like things, you know, I'm not shy about saying so. 
I don't look for things to be shitty about just to find something to be shitty about. Yeah. But at the same time, I also know, like, we're doing it to hang out. We're doing it for the show. We're doing it to have, you know, give people, uh, be provocative or, or be thought-provoking or just conversational, etc. So, I can't imagine, like, I, I could come out not liking something, but I would never, especially for these purposes, never say like I, I i'm never doing this again and i probably am <laughs> like i'm gonna unfriend you now hey at the very least these are like audio diaries for what we watched and when exactly so hopefully someone else <laughs> enjoys it as much as we like doing it <laughs> but all right so that's it for us uh we'll probably come back with another never seen that at some point especially if josh keeps getting bored i'm sure he'll hit me off with another movie we should we should be watching <laughs> surely uh, yeah, I got to work on my list too. We, we talked about that, I think before the show started, how I like, it, it seems like Josh has just been on the hot seat for the majority of these. So we gotta, we gotta try to figure out other, either other people to bring in or other movies for me that I need to watch and try to flip the script here. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you've enjoyed the show, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, uh, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere you search for Bry Guy and Super Friends, you will be able to find us. We should be available. Um, you can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can hit us up there, leave us some questions, comments, topic suggestions, anything you want to hear that you like to hear, want to hear more of, all that stuff. We're open to suggestions. Um, you can try to email us, Friends at gmail.com. It's there for show. I won't check it. Just do what you got to do. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BG Super Friends. That is a little bit more accessible. I will see that. And on behalf of Josh and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.